Welcome to the sound of the start of the Championship and League 2 playoff semi-finals. This is the NTT20 betting show, sponsored by Betfair. This podcast talks about betting, placing bets on the EFL playoffs. Please make sure if you're doing so that firstly, you are very strictly over 18. This show is for over 18s, uh, but also that you are gamble aware and understand the risks that come with placing a bet. Never bet more than you can afford to lose. Never chase losses. Uh, Be disciplined, please, if you are punting on the EFL or anything else for that matter. Our focus on this show is on the Championship and League Two playoff semi-finals. George, Ellick and myself, Ali Maxwell, will be making picks from each of the semi-final first legs from a variety of markets and some outright picks as well using the Betfair Sportsbook. If you've tuned in hoping for some thoughts on Sunderland and Wickham's League One player final, that'll be next week's betting show ahead of the final on Saturday the 21st. George, last week was final day and you were already on the beach, I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> God, it was bad. Knew it was going to be a bad day when my nap, Fulham, um, did the exact opposite of what I said they were going to do and mm. they didn't really turn up against Sheffield United and they were beaten 4-0 and the less said about the rest the better luckily those who've been following us both in over the course of the season um, would have had a good time because of you so thank you Ali and sorry but hopefully I uh, can find some value this weekend uh, I did mm. finish on some, uh, would I say a high? I think it could have been better, uh, but I finished 3.83 points up from the 12 one-point plays that I put up. Uh, definitely need to work on on how I arrive at my over 4.5 goal picks because uh, there were there were nine in the 36 final day games across the EFL. One in four games went over 4.5 goals, but I only managed to pick one of them, and that was posh against Blackpool at 100 to 30. So I definitely need to work on that ahead of next year. Uh, but Bristol Rovers minus three was a comfortable winner, of course, at seven to two. Wonder what price the minus six was, and Swindon minus two. That was my best winner of the weekend. At Walsall, 3-0 win, 6-1 winner. Uh, I picked four players to score a hat-trick. Three of them did score a goal, but all of them stopped at just one. So um, this is obviously slightly different. We've got slightly less of a a structure uh, on ourselves, but we are going to run through each of the four uh, of the playoff semi-finals in the Championship and League 2 chronologically uh, and see what we think and whether we agree on things and what stands out in terms of value on the Betfair Sportsbook and some picks ahead of what will be a fantastic weekend of playoff action starting George Ellick at Luton, where you and I will be pitch side with Sky Sports at the start of the build-up, which we are very excited about. They're taking on Huddersfield in the first leg of their playoff semi-final. Uh, the kickoffs at 7.45, live on Sky on Friday. Take it away, George Ellick. Talk me through it. Yeah, this is exciting. I mean, it's a massive game. Uh, it's arguably Luton's biggest home game well, I mean, probably arguably since they they were trying to get out of the National League in terms of of what it means or what it would mean for them to get into the Premier League. Um, I think we can anticipate a pretty uh, raucous um, home crowd. I think that Luton fans know that a massive advantage they have um, is the Kenny, is Kenilworth Road and how awkward they can make it for both opposition teams and, um, and fans alike. And, and this is a bit of a theme for me where... I often, well, I mean, it's it's known and it's a, it's a given that playing the home leg second is an advantage um, because, you know, we see consistently that you know, teams who finish third get that advantage. But there are a couple of occasions where I'm not necessarily sure that rings true. And I think Luton being able to to host first 
is a big advantage to them here because they are very difficult to, to beat at home. They're a team who under Nathan Jones, uh, not just in the championship, but throughout the last four or five years, except for his brief spell away, have been incredibly difficult um, to break down. And we know that they will come with an intensity that will be matched in the stands as well. And uh, it's something that I can't wait to experience. Um, you know, Luton are the seven or five favourites here. That's purely because of home form. Partly that's because of, um, you know, if this was a regular league game, I reckon Luton would be a bigger price and, and Huddersfield would be a shorter price. But it's partly because Huddersfield will know that a draw does them very well here um, because they will fancy themselves to go in a home game. You know, you look at a lot of um, commentators, including ourselves, suggested that Sheffield Wednesday was still maybe in the driving seat, having lost the home, the away leg 1-0. Uh, the bookmakers and, and the you know the exchange market on Betfair did not agree. Sunderland went into that game very much favourites to to qualify, and they did so with a late goal. And, and I think that's kind of why here, looking at these games, it's impossible. Well, it's important not to just judge them on merit and, and look at what's going on in the background when, a ju- when judging where the value is. And I don't think I'd be rushing to back Huddersfield at eleven to five. You know that was kind of where my eye was drawn initially. I think Huddersfield have shown themselves to be the better side over the, the course of the season. You and I watched their game, this game, um, albeit at Huddersfield a couple of weeks ago, and Huddersfield ran out 2-0 winners, uh, although Elijah Adebayo missed a penalty at 1-0 that, that maybe would have changed the game. But I think on the balance of play, Huddersfield were, were rightful winners of that as well. Um, Luton's best results recently uh, against teams around them. You know, you think back, well, I personally think back to that Nottingham Forest game, it was the week after the, the or I think the weekend of that game. Um, and they weren't too convincing, I wouldn't say, in victory. Um, you know, that was it was an amazing win for them in the circumstances and bouncing back from that defeat was important. But similarly, uh, Forrest had plenty of chances to at least get a draw in that game. And since then, they've played four times. They've beaten very, very lowly teams with nothing to play for in Reading and Cardiff, 1-0. They've drawn with Blackpool, 1-0. Uh, and they were, of course, thrashed 7-0 by... By Fulham, so I think there's a bit of doubt here as to the form that Luton come into this in, I, and I think Huddersfield look to be a you know would be a slight bit of value if I wasn't so concerned about the fact that you know they'll they'd probably take a a point now going going home. So we've seen how cagey these game games have been already. You know we know that playoff games because of everything that's riding on them are often very cagey affairs. Luton are not a side who are particularly prolific. Um, we don't know about potential injuries you know Adebayo has missed the last couple of games of the season um, in Hilton Cornick and, and Jerome you haven't necessarily got three particularly prolific strikers the win against Reading came off the back of a brilliantly you know ingenious bit of thinking from Cornick but not necessarily from creating chances in the game are we about to make the same pick I think under basically under one and a half goals is how I'm playing this oh nice sort of but not really so that's good Nil nil or one nil either way um, at, at seventeen to ten, so just a, a shade under fifteen to eight. Um, you know we've seen all all uh, four League One playoff semis all copped for unders uh, under two and a half. You know we had two of them or three of them getting under one and a half. They were all pretty cagey as well. And I think you know it, given we've seen Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield sorry Sheffield Wednesday, Sunderland, um, and MK, and even. Wickham before the last five games of the season be fairly be teams where we saw a fair amount of goals in their games. That's not necessarily the case with these two teams. Um, and given how Cajun affair it'll be, I think if either team do get ahead, it will very much be a case of protecting their lead rather than trying to get any more. So I think under one and a half is not particularly fancy. I've got bigger price selections coming up in in, in Blades against Forest, but is is definitely the way I play this. 
well, I've got a bigger price selection on the same theme. Nil nil. That is nil nil at seven point five with the Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, spoke about Luton's fairly unimaginative, fairly shoddy, fairly blunt insert adjective here attacking play recently in the league. Uh, it's been a tough watch. They've only scored seven goals in their last eight league games. Uh, second lowest XG4 in the league in that time per the Fox Punter ratings. Uh, in general, for both of them, let alone the last eight games, in general, these are not two teams that have created a lot of chances in open play all season per Opta analyst across the whole season in the Championship. Uh, looking at open play XG, both of them bottom half in the Championship. Luton the 13th best and Huddersfield the 17th best. Now, of course... This sport, thankfully, isn't just played in open play. Uh, they are both high up for set-piece XG and set-piece goals, so that would be my main concern, really, backing the nil-nil. Uh, but the good news, the tonic, is that they are the first and third best teams in terms of defending set-pieces this season. Neither have conceded many from these situations, and that's not down to luck. They've been well-organised, they've headed balls away and well away, uh, they've dealt with with second phases, etc. pretty well. So, you know, when you have two teams that are pretty good at scoring from set-pieces, but both of them are very good at defending set-pieces, I don't necessarily know how that ends up, but I'm going to guess defences winning out. Then there's the fact, as you mentioned, of it being a, a first leg, no one will be surprised to hear that that historically goal returns in playoff first legs are historically lower than you'd expect in a in a league game, and clearly the you know the prices do reflect that as well. But neither of these teams want this to be an open game, uh, or rather, I don't think either will be willing to open themselves up in the first leg of two games in the hope that it allows them to cut loose a bit going forward. I don't, I certainly don't see Huddersfield taking that risk or Corbyn there's a chance that Jones might throw the kitchen sink at this first leg because they have the home advantage just to try and get too far ahead for Huddersfield to come back. But in the nick that they're in with the injuries that they have, my suggestion is that actually, although Luton will feel more pressure to win this one as it's the home game, I don't even think they'd be too gutted to head to Huddersfield at nil-nil, having not thrown absolutely everything at the first leg and and, and you know try and win the one-off game. So nil-nil for me, uh, under 1.5 goals for you. Mine's at 7.5. Uh, 13 to 2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Don't forget the Betfair have no cash out suspensions on match odds for all EFL games. Uh, that's applicable to singles and multiples. No cash out suspensions at any time during the matches when you bet on match odds for all EFL games. Let's move to Sheffield United against Nottingham Forest. Saturday, 3 pm. George. Well, do you, I mean, I'm happy for you to take this first if you want. I set the scene for the first one, so you can set the scene for the second. Let me just pull up the notes for the Monday pod. I'll do my little spiel again because it was quite good stuff. And uh, it, it just, was good. Basically, the, the conclusion is I find it very, very, very difficult to pick this fixture, uh, this tie. And so I'm not really focusing necessarily on one of the teams to beat one of the other teams in this uh, game. I'm looking at it a little bit differently. The reason I find it impossible to call is that in terms of styles, um, both pretty similar, 3-5-2, similar shape, happy to build possession from the back, but also happy to play fast and quicker, um, both suffering from injuries at the top end of the pitch. Sheffield United potentially more damagingly just because Surridge is available, we think, for Nottingham Forest, whereas there's every chance that Blades don't have a number nine available at all. And both teams like to build up and can build up out wide with their wing backs, but but neither hugely keen on just slinging in crosses. Um, and as I said, I think they both have an edge in terms of the, the sort of psychology of it. You know, both teams have picked up tons of points in the last few months, so they'll be confident in themselves. They're both in a great spot with, with managers that they love, who have complete authority over the squad and the fans. 
and Forest have that that cup um, form this season where they were unbelievable in the FA Cup. Whereas Sheffield United, quite a lot of this this core of this squad have kind of been there and done it, winning promotions from the Championship, staying up in the Premier League and thriving at a higher level. So um, I think it's really interesting and exciting. Plus all the star names involved. Um, in terms of, of punting, uh, I've got two selections. Uh, one of them is a simple BTTS. Yes, I know that in Ooh. general. We don't we don't look Braveman. back goals really in first legs of games. I just really like this blend as I think I've described there. I think they're both good enough going forward um, to 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 create chances and take them against each other. Both games in the league finish one one. I think you just chuck these two teams in a in a football cauldron. You get a great tasting potion for the neutral. I, I, I see I see both teams having spells where they have territory and I and I think they can both create chances. Of course, taking them is is another matter, but Njai's done that pretty well in recent weeks for, for Blades. Uh, and, and obviously, Sheffield United have home advantage. They need to make it count. So I think they will be trying pretty hard to get on the score sheet here. And Forrest, we know, even if they are sitting in and soaking up pressure, sometimes that's an attacking ploy for them because they love to spring on the break and, and hope that Brennan Johnson can move into space in behind defences. So I like BTTS, yes, at even money. Uh, and I'm going to back Morgan Gibbs-White first, last, anytime. The old quarter point on first, last, half a point, anytime. Um, Eight. What? That's my selection. Okay. Tell me why you think Morgan Gibbs-White is a good thing. Oh, what a blow. That's I good. I just kind of think we need to take... I thought when he said he had two, I thought, is he going to have missed it? Yeah, I've been mean, going into this... Um, but we've seen Blades in the last couple of games be pretty good despite having no uh well apparently no um strikers at in there in you know available to play who've been fit. Um pretty sharp is injured. We've seen Morgan Gibbs White, Illaman Jai, and Sander Berger um almost kind of make up a, a three-pronged attack with Njai probably the furthest forward. But it means that when you're looking at the market here, the goal scoring market in this game, um there are you know, that there's quite clearly value to be had given that Billy Sharp, who's out, is is 21 to 10 anytime, 4 to 1, 4 to 1, first and last. I mean, he's not been playing here. Um, you've got Morgan Gibbs White, who opened this goal scoring against Fulham. Um, you know, he's 13 to 2, first, 13 to 2, last, and 7 to 2 anytime. Um, I think he's just about their biggest goal threat. Oh, no. Uh, Jai has. Uh, what? I had him at seven to one earlier today. That's a shame. That's, That's a shame. gone, mate. That's gone. okay. That's okay. Keep going. Illaman and Jai um, is six to one, six to one, three to one, which I like as well. But I, I feel like if things aren't necessarily going too well, he might come off after after an hour or so if it's nil nil. Um, and I think with Gibbs White, you know, fitness providing he's going to end up getting ninety minutes. Um, and I, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with you with regards to goals here. Um, That's fine. I I still think it might be fairly trappy uh, in which case um you know suddenly the one nil or two nil gives white comes into play and you can land the the holy trinity of a first last and any time um so yeah I'm, I'm very very keen on mgw and, and you know this it's such a cliche and i hate myself for saying it but like big stage you feel like a big player like gibbs white who is going to be pretty intent on showing what he can do over the next three games when it comes to playing premier league football next season for somebody um he's going to be very, very keen to step up to the plate with the, the world watching. Yeah, I agree. I think Sheffield United will score and I think he's the most likely to do so. So the 13-2 first and last and the 7-2 anytime is is definitely pleasing to me. Um, and Jai's been getting probably better quality chances recently and has stuck a couple away, but 
Gibbs White's shot volume is way higher. I'm going for volume over quality here. And I, I love your point about Njai being the likely one to, to make way uh, of the two of them. That's for sure. So uh, that that's your only pick on that. We've both picked Gibbs White first, last and any time. Uh, I've gone with a BTTS. Yes, at even money. Worth noting that George, not that keen on that. Yeah, but if true to form this season, I'd, I'd probably lean with Ali. Although, you know stop watching all that in terms of the outright uh for the championship have you picked a winner for us is that what we're doing on this show yeah i mean my my selection for for who is the value to go up is is blades at nine to four um i i don't necessarily think they're the likeliest team to win um i don't think there's a great deal between sheffield united nottingham forest uh, in terms of who's going to progress here so I think that Forest being thirteen to eight and Blades being nine to four makes them have to be the value bet, um, you know. And, and I, I think Huddersfield deserves some uh, some respect. I think if I looked at, you know, if I had thought to myself back, you know, when, when the four teams were were through, my prediction would have been that Huddersfield would have been um, a big price, but that hasn't been the case at all. Betfair Sportsbook, I think, of of you know, given them the respect they deserve and three to one's about fair. I kind of assumed that maybe they'd be a bit bigger. Um, but I think Blades at nine to four is the way that I'd, I'd play it. Okay, well, as mentioned on the Monday pod, I'm, I'm backing Huddersfield to be promoted at, at three to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. And part of this is because I am much more confident that Huddersfield will be playing in the final at Wembley uh, than I am in, in working out who will be between Forest and Sheffield United. So, um, famous last words, of course, but um, <laughs> I do think Huddersfield will be playing one of those teams at Wembley. Uh, as discussed on the Monday pod, I've got such faith in Corboran to set up a good game plan at Wembley against either Blades or Nottingham Forest, to be quite honest with you. Um, and we know how how low, how low anything can happen really in those low-margin playoff final games. And this season, Huddersfield's personality has been of a team that fall on the right side of them. So uh, I'm happy to be on, on Huddersfield at 3-1. to one. Such admiration for the team that they've become. Um, you know, I understand that they won't be fabs for the final against either Sheffield United or Nottingham Forest. I'm almost positive of that. Uh, but again, I'd be happy to be on their side. Uh, so Huddersfield, my pick at 3-1 to one with the Betfair Sportsbook. Let's go to League Two. Let's go to Northampton Town against Mansfield Town. I've, I've been really confusing to the listener by making this Northampton against Mansfield, even though the game is at Field Mill, isn't it? At Mansfield, the first leg. I'm licking my lips here, George. Fine, 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 fine. Exactly. There's a little hint on the Monday pod that we might be so unaligned here. Unusually unaligned. And I'm excited about it. Uh, it's on Saturday at 7.45pm, if I didn't say that already. Uh, I've certainly got a stance and a hill to die on. I think you do too. And I think we're we're standing on, on opposite peaks. <sighs> should, we, should we just fight it out? Shall I make my case for the team that I think is going to qualify and you can make your case for the team you think is going to qualify? I'd like it to be that that way around. Yeah, I'd like a, a right of reply. Okay, I think Mansfield are a knocking bet here at 21 to 20 um, to qualify. I mentioned a second ago how um, I'm not necessarily sure the old adage of, of playing at home in your second leg is necessarily due to circumstances the advantage in some of these ties. And I think that is absolutely the case with Northampton against Mansfield. I think if the first game here was at Sixfields, it would give basically the whole club an opportunity to deal with the fact that they have played their last five, their last six games. They've won four of them and drawn two. They've scored three against Harrogate, three against Barrow, four against Leighton Orient. They couldn't have done any more and they find themselves in the playoffs. If you had told John Brady 
going into the the uh, the away game at Oldham that they were going to win four of the last five and get a point at home to to promote at Exeter, and they were going to miss out. I, I you know I'd love to have seen his reaction. I think you'd have been very surprised. Um, and yes, that means they come into this in decent form. Fine, and I and I I understand that, and that is definitely a positive for those cobblers backers. But the job that he has to lift himself and his team after they did everything needed is going to be incredibly difficult. The, the most similar thing I can compare it to is Accrington Stanley. What was it five years ago when they thought they were promoted? And who was it? Pesky Bristol Rovers with a very late goal at the Memorial Ground um, to, to, to get promotion ahead of them. And lo and behold, not only did they did they not make it through in the playoffs, but they also had a really difficult next season as they bounced back the season after and they did get promotion into League One. It, it feels the same to me where for John Brady to have to turn around to his side and pick them up again and say and have, you know, the the you know the, the difficulty of going to Mansfield. And this is where it's important. If it was going to Swindon or going to um to Port Vale, you know, it would be easier to see them doing it. But they go to Mansfield, a Mansfield side who've won 13 of their last 15 home games in the league. One of those games was a two-all draw against Forest Green where they didn't need to win. You know, they were ahead twice in the game against the champions. And for the last 10 minutes, when they were pegged back, it was all about not losing the game. And you could see in their performance that that was the case. The only other one they lost was a home game against Sutton, which was a, a crazy game. Uh, and that's the only game out of the out of the 15 that they lost. So it, it feels incredibly unlikely in my head that Northampton are going to be able to, A, bounce back from that disappointment. And what is... A huge possibility is that Mansfield, if they do turn up short, if they do turn up with a bit of a hangover from that first game, end the tie. I mean, I could see them ending the tie. I could see them winning comfortably. You know, this this hangover idea within playoffs is something we see fairly often where, you know, it's not statistically true that the team who just miss out always do poorly. But often when the circumstances around that team missing out is so destructive, then it can have a big impact. Um, Mansfield are also a very good side who I, I would say since basically October have been the better team compared to Northampton. Certainly the data suggests that as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think Mansfield are a bet to win the game um, at 11 to 10, but, and also a bet to, uh, to qualify at 21 to 20. Yeah. So my, my hill to die on uh, probably that hill outside six fields, actually. <laughs> I've, I've lay on there before. <laughs> yeah. Upon which I may well perish. Uh, is is that Cobblers win this tie. Now, in terms of a pick for this match, it makes it quite difficult because I don't necessarily think they'll um, smash this first leg. I understand the concerns around picking themselves up off the floor, etc., etc. So making an actual selection is a bit awkward because uh, we won't do a betting show before the second leg. Uh, they're 1.73 to qualify with the Betfair Sportsbook, and I don't find that too sexy. So it's not that. Uh, but I'll talk about my reasoning first. The psychology... I accept everything that you say, but as I think everyone who listens to the pod know, I just don't put as much uh, strength into the argument. I just don't. I just think that there's 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 every chance that this group of players who have finished the season magnificently well step onto the pitch and they're not thinking about what happened a week, a week ago. They might well be. I just don't think it's as sure a thing as, as people think. And as I said on Monday, I think there's even a chance that they, they could be motivated by it, that it could enhance their performance or certainly not massively work against them the the fu mentality 
uh, I think is is probably the best way of summing up. And I think that can be a pretty strong one in sports. They've got a lot of people that they want to say F you to right now, Northampton Town. And there's a chance, I think, that that could corral them into a, a pretty good performance, more so than them taking the pitch still sad and not making third spot. Um, sad. Realistically, <laughs> I haven't the faintest clue about the precise status of Northampton's psychological backbone right now. Uh, I'm, I'm a bit more interested in the football, and that's why I'm pretty bullish here. Uh, I, I think people see Mansfield... As, the, as a team that I don't think they are. I think they, they see the mid-season run. I think they see the run of the home results in particular, the record that they broke. And they think that's the team that they are right now and over the last four weeks. I don't think that's the case necessarily. I, I know that other people certainly see a, a much more expensive squad with more recognisable names. I know that's not what you're saying. Um, and, and see the better quote-unquote better individuals but uh, I don't think that's worth more than how a team itself plays and has played um, in the short or long term and I think Northampton are a better team um, even in the dugout is an interesting one for me I thought oh actually Nigel Clough's a big tick in the box for Cobblers isn't he because uh, sorry for Stags because he's got so much experience in the game um, he's had one playoff campaign with Sheffield United lost 7-6 on aggregate to Swindon in that time and Brady, I think, has done a much better job than him this season. So the the form manager over the season is, is John Brady. I think he's the one who's, who's had a better grip on his squad and players over 46 games uh, compared to Clough, who's, whose team lurched from sublime to ridiculous. Ridiculous to sublime, surely. <laughs> uh, yeah. In terms of the data in the form, I think it's turned a bit more than people think. I don't know exactly what you've been looking at, but in the last six games of the season... Cobblers took six points more than Mansfield took. In the last eight games of the season, they took eight points more than Mansfield took. They scored more goals, they conceded fewer goals. Mansfield, in their last eight, won three against Scunny, Stevenage and Crawley. Uh, Obviously, Drew with Salford and Forest Green, uh, and then also uh, lost to Sutton, Forest Green and Carlisle. They only won the XG battle in two of those eight games, which was against Scunny and Crawley. Um, Even taking into account Mansfield's 4-0 win over Scunthorpe, which in theory, over a small sample size, bumps up XG numbers pretty largely. Cobblers still have a stronger XG ratio than Mansfield over the last eight games. Uh, and then a big a big knock on Northampton all season was that they weren't a threat in open play. Uh, it's true that over the course of 46 games, only six teams scored fewer in open play, just 31 in total. But again, looking at this last group of games in the last eight, 10 goals from open play, more than one per game of their 15 total. Um, so 66% of their goals coming from open play, which is kind of the reverse of what it was early in the season. He's found a way to loosen things up, Brady. You know, they were they were already a good team before, even with um, less of an open play threat. But with Hoskins and Apere and Epia, they look a lot better, a lot more threatening going forward. And, and they are scoring goals as well. So um, they certainly haven't bottled anything. Uh, they, they haven't shown any bottler's gene. Uh, so I don't know how we can... How I can't say that confidently that they'll bottle this as well. They needed to win last Saturday and they did 3-0 up after 22 minutes. Um, what happened elsewhere wasn't really anything to do with them. Um, so I do think, you know, Mike Holden made a point talking about this game that the first 30 minutes here are just so crucial. Mansfield in front of the, the baying home crowd. That's when we'll find out how affected Cobblers are by last weekend. I think it's a, such a fascinating game, such a fascinating um, um, yeah, matchup. But I'm just clearly very bullish about Cobblers and think they're being a little underrated. And I certainly think Mansfield are a bit overrated. So I, I'm going to make a pick based on a belief that there's a chance they come out angry, hurt and motivated. They had the best first half record in League Two this season, Northampton. Big feature of their games was getting ahead early and, and sitting on leads. 34 goals scored, just 10 conceded in the first half. Uh, Mansfield 34 scored as well but 22 conceded so I'm going to pick Northampton first goal 
at 2.4 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Northampton score the first goal, 2.4. I'm also going to pick a 13 to 1 halftime full time pick, which is Cobbler's halftime draw full time. Uh, the way I see this playing out is Northampton starting angry, getting ahead. Mansfield set piece defending has not been good this season, so it could be a horse for Laura Guthrie. Uh, and then Mansfield, you know, understandably having a bit of a spell in the second half, a rousing second half performance, possibly a 1 1. Um, I like that. Northampton half time draw full time at, at 13 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook. If you bet £10 on Ackers or Bet Builders, you'll receive a £2 free bet also to use on Ackers or Bet Builders with the Betfair Sportsbook. Make sure you check the T's and C's on site. Make sure you tweet us at NTT20Pod. Are you Team Alley, Team Cobblers? Dying on the hill outside Sixfields, or are you George's Mansfield stag party? It'd be great to hear from you because it's rare that we disagree. Uh, and it doesn't feel quite <laughs> right, if I'm honest, but there we go. Okay, George, Swindon against Port Vale, midday on Sunday. What are you thinking? This should be a, actually be a great game, purely because Swindon only have one way to play. Um, you look at their games recently, uh, 4-1 at Harrogate, 2-1. Uh, at home to Leighton Orient, 3-0 away at Hartlepool, 2-1 at home to Forest Green, 2-1 at home to Swindon, 3-0 away at Walsall. So their last six games have all copped over two and a half. I think that's because Swindon under Ben Garner looked to attack any opportunity. They looked to make the most of Jack Payne, of Harry McCurdy, of uh, Louis Barry, of Johnny Williams. You know, why wouldn't they look to use those creative players? And in Port Vale, again, not necessarily a side that you associate with low-scoring games either. So it doesn't seem to me to be any reason why Port Vale would sit off and let Swindon dictate. I think they'll look to kind of fight fire with fire and, and attack them as well. And um, because of, again, if this was a league game, overs would be massive jolly. And, and it's not because it's a playoff and um, they're perceived as being low scoring. So over two and a half, even money looks like a cracking way to play this uh, first tie. And I have just no opinion in terms of whose value to, to get through here. I can't work it out at all. I think the two legs should be an unbelievably good playoff game. Both should be pretty entertaining um but I, I yeah i can't really separate them it's good to be aligned back to being aligned because i am so keen to enjoy this one without a particularly strong team specific stance um that i i've taken some longer darts here because i just want it to be really entertaining i want to enjoy it um very similar actually to, to what i said last about um cobblers uh, i'm gonna back Port Vale to be winning at half time here and draw full time twelve to one. A, a similar sort of timeline is what I, is what I'm going for here as a potential twelve to one shot, and that's Vale starting strong. Uh, I'm going to mention a big advantage I think they have in a second, which could put them ahead. But I do think Swindon will have their time in the sun. I do believe in the stardust of the Swindon attack, and I, and I do believe that at home in the first leg, if they do go down early, they'll have plenty of time, uh, plenty of territory to, to get it back. So Vale draw at twelve to one, just like my cobblers. Uh, half time draw full time uh, at 13 to 1 uh, and then oh I should say also only Sutton and Harrogate scored more goals in the first 45 minutes of games than Port Vale this season their record overall uh, in the first 15 minutes of games was 12-3 so that's what I'm thinking Vale goal first half then Swindon pile on the pressure and get an equaliser then set pieces this looks to me like a huge swing in favour of Port Vale yeah I mean I'm so intrigued if you're the same as me I'm going to send you a screenshot to see if we are okay Swindon conceded the joint third most goals from set pieces uh, in League 2 this season Port Vale don't get me wrong they are not Northampton they haven't been set piece monsters exactly but I think they have a huge size advantage here and I've genuinely used football manager for some player height research to prove it I'm not even sorry about it it means I can expense football manager and George has the same pick as me <laughs> uh, get this George Swindon Town looking at their last 
starting 11 in the last game of the season, looking at their outfield players and so not including the goalkeeper, three players that are six foot or taller. Three players in 10 outfield players. Paul Vale have eight beefy boys who are six foot or taller. Swindon have six players that are five nine or shorter in their starting 11. Let me remind you that Vale have eight players six foot or taller. It's a huge discrepancy. I'm really intrigued to know if Garner might beef up his defence and change formation. It's The 4-3-3's worked so well for them, but they're so small. I can't wait to see what happens here. We've both got the, first, the same pick, George, so I've led you to water. Now let us drink. Yeah, the man to back is Connor Hall. Um, you know, he gets plenty of shots in, in most games for Port Vale, who, as you mentioned, not necessarily like an overly reliant set-piece team, but he gets them. I think he's the way to play it. Uh, he is... I'll tell you what he is. He's he's 25 to 1, first and last, and he's 14 to 1 any time. So I think we're probably taking the same approach yes. here, doing the old quarter point first, quarter point last, half point, 14 to 1 any time. Connor Hall of Port Vale. Very, very excited about that one. That really is going to be a game not to miss, guys, on Sunday uh, at midday. In terms of the League 2 outright, uh, I know who you're picking. You can tell me in a second. I don't really know what to do because I said on Monday, I think a Cobblers-Port Vale final, and I was leaning towards Port Vale. Uh, I do still feel like that will be the final, but I've got so far in on Sixfields Hill that I'm, I'm half tempted to pick Cobblers, but I'm going to stick with Port Vale. Uh, I'm going to back them to win the League Two playoffs at 5-2, uh, to two, 3.5, George. You're going all out for Mansfield Town, I imagine. Clough the Magic Dragon. Well, as I said, I, I can't really choose between um, between the two in Port Vale, Swindon, and I think Mansfield go through. So I'm I'm going purely value-wise 11-4, to four, given I think they'll be there. Um, I'll, I'll be back in Mansfield. Well, I love the logic and I've used it myself in the championship. Now, uh, could you recap all of your picks across the four playoff semifinals that we're talking about and the outrights as well? Yeah, of course. Uh, in the championship, I'm going under one and a half goals in the Luton Huddersfield game. I am going Morgan Gibbs-White uh, first, last and any time 13-2, to 13-2 and 7-2. to two. And I think that 9-4 uh, to four blades is the way to play uh, the outright market in League 2. Uh, looking at Mansfield to win on in, in their first leg and also to qualify as well. Um, and then in the, and, and also in the outright 11 of four, so all three. Uh, and then in the Swindon Northampton game, over two and a half goals and even money in Connor Hall, 25 to one, 25 to one, 14 to one, first, last, anytime. I'm backing Luton nil, Huddersfield nil on Friday night. 7.5, 13-2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. On Saturday at 3pm, Blades against Nottingham Forest. BTTS, yes, at even money. And Morgan Gibbs-White, first, last, and any time. The first and last at 13-2. Any time at 4.5, at 7-2. Uh, outright, and backing Huddersfield to win promotion at 3-1. to one. All with the Betfair Sportsbook. Cobblers, Mansfield. Well, you guys know, uh, in terms of this game, I've got some uh, quite specific picks Northampton score the first goal at 2.4 and Northampton halftime draw full-time at 13 to 1 uh, then Swindon Port Vale similar pick but on the side of Port Vale them to be winning at halftime and a draw at full-time Port Vale draw at 12 to 1 with the Betfair Sportsbook and Connor Hall 25 to 1 first last and 14 to 1 anytime with Port Vale his team to win the playoffs at five to two. Huge thanks to Betfair for their continued support of this podcast. George, I will see you on Friday 
on the golf course and then pitch side at Kenilworth Road. It truly is the greatest, most wonderful time of the year. Um, please make sure you enjoy it with us, either on the NTT20 squad, which you can sign up with a two-week free trial using the link in the description, or at the Not The Top 20 live show. Next Thursday, the 19th of May at 7pm, we'll be joined by Jed Wallace, by Mark Bonner. We'll be making some predictions ahead of the playoff finals. We'll be looking back at our 1-24s and seeing what went wrong there. You're going to love it if you come along. Please do. Buy your tickets at the Leicester Square Theatre website. Just Google, not the top 20 live. We'll see you there. Uh, go well, everyone. Have a good weekend. Best of luck with your picks.